0: Hey, everybody, I'm Paul Wilkie. And I'm David
1: Oro, and you're listening to The Embargo. The greatest PR podcast of all time.
0: Damn straight. There's always something to talk about and a point to make. And we're going to do it when we want, which is usually every other week. Whether it's tech, business, sports, music, or your
1: mama, we're going to cover it. All of it comes from the point of view of public relations, reputation, and communications.
0: We are all about punching stodgy PR in the face.
1: That's right. So sit back, strap in, and let's get it on. Today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I'm David Oro. It's been a while since we hosted The Embargoed. Uh, Some things have changed, and I'm excited about those changes. Uh, And I want to tell you about them. First of all, my boy Kevin Wolf is often doing other things. He's like, you know what? I love The Embargoed. He's out there doing the business of PR. And um, he decided not to do it anymore. And he wants to come back as a guest. Uh, but he's so busy right now, he can't do it. So we're going to have Kevin back soon. I talked to Kevin about this, and I was like, you know what? I'd like to keep doing it, Kevin. He said, like, go for it. Find somebody. First person I thought of was my new co-host,
0: Paul Wilkie. Paul Wilkie, welcome to the show. Thanks, David. We, figured, we also figured since we got two faces made for Ada, we'd start video recording this thing.
1: Yeah, right. Since we're a lot look better looking than Kevin, we can actually put this on YouTube and expand our reach or make this asynchronous across the interwebs
0: and go from there. Don't forget so, to like and subscribe on your favorite channel, whether it's YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, or wherever you want it to be. Somehow we're gonna get on all those things. I'm not exactly sure
1: how, but we will. <laughs> and, and you just, you know, we'll be and instead of saying like you, you could subscribe on Spotify or at iTunes, you could just wherever you get your podcast. Right. So we'll be there. Paul, um, before we get too far, I'd like to remind people that you were on like episode seven or eight. You were one of our early guests on this show. So Amazing. if anybody wants to to find Paul, um, he is, well, I'll find the show in a second. But while I do that, Paul, you do you want to just give a little bit of background to what you're
0: doing and, sure. and then we'll get right into the show topics and all that? Sure first time co-host long time listener um, wow, first time good one <laughs> david and i know each other almost going back you know 15 20 years now i've uh i've been ceo of upright position communications uh we'll hit year 10 later this year uh we do you know like david we do a lot of b2b tech but you know my background i'm an ex journalist i am an ex client I've worked for big PR. I've worked for boutique. You know, I, I call the I call the uh, the client journalist uh, agency relationship the triangle dysfunction, and uh, we'll probably not dispel that any further uh, on this podcast. But there's a lot to talk about, and uh, you know, I've seen a lot of things, done a lot of things, a lot of them right and a lot of them wrong from from the the PR rule book. But uh, we learn from our mistakes, and uh, we've got the tales to tell. The way we met is really interesting. So
1: Paul and I share a couple of the same experiences. So we both worked in PR, obviously, but we also both lived abroad. He was in Singapore for several years, and I was in Hong Kong and Beijing for several years. And then both of us found our way back. We didn't know who we were, what we we're doing, but along the way, a mutual friend, Brian Baker, who's out there, he used to work at Fleishman Hillard, who used to serve as this company called Visa, and At Visa, if you walked into Visa, the the joke was it was called Fleischman-Hillard East because there was a bunch of Fleischman-Hillard people over there.
0: And Paul, you showed up because you were working at Visa, correct? I was working at Visa in Asia, and they brought me over to uh, work on their cross-border business and also a little bit on their IPO.
1: So this guy named Brian Baker, who was with Fleischman, I think he was working at Visa at the time, says, oh, you should talk to this guy named Paul Wilkie. He lived in Asia for a while. He seems to take that same ferry that you take from San Francisco to Vallejo because he lives on this random island called Mare Island near Vallejo. And I'm like, sure, I'm happy to meet him and and do that. And so I go meet Paul or try to introduce myself. And Paul's talking right now. Paul is actually a pretty quiet guy, (laughs) generally. (laughs) And it took me a long time to break
0: Paul down and say, like, you know, I'm going to be friends with David Oro. (laughs) It's almost true. I liked you from the minute I met you, which is good. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not. I sort of go into the zone when I'm in the ferry. I got my headphones on. I'm just, you know, you know, either preparing or decompressing for for the day. But uh, yeah. you know, it, it, it was great to to. To, to meet someone on the ferry that you know has similar background and then we have sort of you know one of the things i learned then and i know now we've got similar philosophies when it, when it comes to you know the, the, the crazy world of pr
1: it was good that we met and then along the way paul and i have just stayed in touch we're doing the same sort of business and you know we're both we're, we're, we were practically neighbors and and uh, we would go to these conferences that you know prsa weeks and things like that and do some stuff in the city Along the way, so it's it's great to have you on board, Paul. Looking forward to having you as a co-host and continuing our friendship along the way. So glad glad you're here.
0: Well, thanks, David. And one of the things is, like I said at, at the top of this, is I, I was a big fan of the embargo. I was I was fortunate enough to be a guest early on, and, and I listened to all, you know, I forget how many episodes you've done, like thirty or forty episodes. Um, listen to listen to just about all of them. Um, and I think what we're doing is, you know continuing the spirit of what you and Kevin have done, uh, adding that visual element that, that we talked about, but also, um, you know, because I'm not a talker, I think the episodes are probably be a little shorter going forward, um, <laughs> shorter shows. Uh, maybe we'll do them more often. Maybe we'll, you know, every other week or maybe every other, every week when we got, when we got something good to talk about, but um, yeah
1: yeah i think so so if you want to listen to paul it was episode 12 paul we were 12 episodes in already and we, we i think you're one of our first guests honestly because um kevin and i were just talking before because we were i, I we were in what we call deep COVID. we didn't have anybody to talk to but you're right on this show it's going to still remain raw we're going to try to make them a little bit shorter but the insights on pr um and for pr practitioners you know, we're here to help either make that role easier for you or commiserate with you because, you know, this job is tough sometimes. There's also going to be a lot of advice for existing and potential clients or any client along the way. And there's a bunch of to-dos, and we're going to get to that a little bit later today. Uh, there's a, you know, I, I think one of the more popular things was the do's and don'ts PR, some of the media relationships that we have, and then trends that are happening in the industry. So when we say that all of this comes from the point of view of public relations, reputation, and communications, that's what we're looking at. We're going to do it in a fun way where we punch, continue to punch stodgy PR in the face.
0: You down with that, Paul? Yeah, totally down with that. There's a, there's a lot to punch at. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of weird things that we see, and you know what? It's it's a lot of it's you know I'm not we're not throwing blame. You know, it's it's easy to blame the clients, it's easy to blame journalists, but a lot of it's what we do and some of the bad habits we've developed as an industry. We're gonna, you know, no sacred cows of those of those three groups. What we're gonna do?
1: We're just gonna pick one thing a week and kind of get this in and out of here because we know everybody's time is short, um, and you know we're gonna try to shoot the. The 30-minute mark, maybe a little bit over, maybe a little bit less, but it's going to be fun no matter what. Today, we're going to talk about celebrities and how not to use them. And we get these pitches all the time. But before we do, I would like to talk about a teenage crush that I had. In the late 80s, early 90s, I think it was, she was on the cover of Sports Illustrated a lot as a swimsuit model. I think everybody was in love with her. It was either her or Al McPherson. And this celebrity is Kathy Ireland.
0: Paul, you had a crush on her. Oh, of course. Everyone had a crush on her. And the great thing about Kathy Ireland is you can have access to her today. <laughs> For the lonely sum of $30,000, you can interact with Kathy Ireland today. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Fortunately, I do, but I still like to
1: get it. (laughs) It's not the same feeling, though, Paul. It's not the same feeling. So when (laughs) Kathy Ireland showed up in a swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated, when magazines were actually a thing, she looked great. She looked awesome, you know. And younger me was like, (laughs) hey, could never have that. But now I can have it for the lonely price of some odd dollars. (laughs) So what we're talking about. Is celebrities and not how to use them. And Paul, you want to set this up because we get this all the time
0: from oh, clients
1: saying, "Get me on
0: Kathy Ireland show." A pet peeve of mine. Every I, I would say a client a week sends me forwards me an email that that comes from, and they're there you know we're, we're picking on Kathy Ireland, but there there are a lot of them. It's it's a production company. Uh, this one in particular is called. Um, uh, modern living TV, uh, and they send out an email saying, you know, um, you know, we'd like to we'd like to feature your company on our program that airs on Bloomberg and Bloomberg International branded content. Uh, it, it makes it sound like a media opportunity, and you know Kathy Ireland's the co-host. Sometimes William Shatner's the co-host, um, but really, what it is, it's is is it's you know it's it's not a full blown scam, but it's it's an infomercial. It runs um, at a god awful hour on channels nobody watches at those times, and. You know, the email makes it sound like a great media opportunity for the for, for the company that, that they're reaching out to. Paul,
1: it usually goes not to you, does it? It doesn't come to you. It comes to the CEO, right?
0: It goes to the CEO or the CMO, and the CEO forwards it to the CMO. The CMO forwards it to the agency. And you know, it it, it kind of flows downhill. It's like, you know, it's just, is this worth doing? And um you know, the answer is emphatic no. <laughs> no, dude. You, why would you say no?
1: Because I'm looking at the about Worldwide Business with Kathy Ireland right now. And her name's are in lower cases, by the way. It says Worldwide Business with Kathy Ireland is the premier source for the latest business stories, offering viewers a glimpse into the thoughts and insights of some of the brightest minds in the industry today
0: trusted influencer and CEO, owner of her own $3.1 billion brand, Kathy Ireland. Companies from around the world trust Kathy with their brand. Now, Kathy speaks with executives from across the globe on Worldwide Business with Kathy Ireland. Why wouldn't you be part of that? Well, first of all, it's, 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 it's an infomercial. And the 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 great thing about infomercials is they tend to run at times when, you know, broadcast networks are are just need revenue. You know, it's times when no one's really watching. Uh, You know, God bless Modern Living TV because you know what they've been able to do? They've been able to buy advertising space on big name networks that they sell back to you in the form of an infomercial with Kathy Ireland, of course. So this one it says here on this website Sundays.
1: On Fox Business Network is branded content. Sundays at 3 a.m. is probably the time that they <laughs> dare. Because I haven't seen Kathy Ireland send sports illustrated. <laughs>
0: and that's part of why. I tell you what, I, I, I there was there was there was a night a few months ago where I was up and I watched, I don't know if it was Kathy's or if it was somebody else, but it was, you know, it's it serves, you know, you hate to ding these folks. It does serve a purpose. If you've got a if 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 you're a CEO with a bit of an ego and you want to see your brand on TV, this is probably the easiest, fastest way to do it. You throw the money at Kathy Ireland's company and they produce a professionally produced half-hour infomercial where they interview the CEO and they showcase the company. But the problem is. You know, it goes back to the, if the tree falls in a woods, you know, and no one hears it, did it actually fall? You know, if you paid 30000 to, to to produce this thing, is anybody watching it? How much, is, how much does it normally cost? How, how far
1: have you gone down this road with clients? For me, yeah. I've gone the road, don't do it. Okay. And as far as, actually, I've taken it a little bit further. I was like, if you want nobody to watch it and you want to spend $30,000, we can do this. I think the price is around 30.
0: I think you might it might be a little bit less than that. I've seen 26,000, I've seen 30,000 and and like you my counsel to our clients has always been you know it's a scam, it's not worth it's not worth the money if you've got 30 dollars $30, to spend let's spend it somewhere which really going to move the needle. However, I did have a potential client that actually did one. And you know they said you know, I, you know, I, I, I worked with these guys. They did a, they did the infomercial. Should I not have done that? I'm like, well, did you get any business out of it? She said, no. I was like, well, there you go. Uh, I wish you would talked to me before, before you did it. But, you know, some lessons you have to learn the hard way. I'm cruising through her site and it looks, they make it look
1: legitimate, but I'm not sure anybody sees it. And I think, I think the benefit, the only benefit would be to have, but even then, like the benefit would be have like a, a proper production video of your viewpoint, interviewed by semi third party who has no agenda. that's supposed to be objective for your fees, and I do that with quotes the whole time. I guess that's okay, but nobody's gonna see it. And like, I don't even see these get reprinted on anybody else's website. They're not sharing it on YouTube or or their Twitter accounts or anything like that. And I think people see right through it. So I always feel this is a weird opportunity and I have yet to take one offer. If anybody out there is listening, has done this and it's worked really well, please help us reconsider it. Because I I think I would do it, but it just, it doesn't feel right. I think we do better as PR professionals um, to get them on CNBC, Jim Cramer, uh, John Ford, uh, local television, etc., cetera. Um, and, and it just feels like a better win.
0: It's a throwback to a different era. You know, there was, there was, a, there was a little short window in the, in the nineties where infomercials like that might've moved the needle, but now, you know, if you've got $30,000 to spend on, you know, raising your brand, I would rather take that money and do, you know, and, and, you know, hire a video production company and do a bunch of short videos that you could put on on YouTube or, or you know, you'll boost up your own um, you know, you'll, you'll blog channel on your website. Create your
1: own content, right? Create your own and this content. was really an era, this was an era where creating your own content was expensive. You had to get mm-hmm. a camera crew, you had to uh, get lighting, microphones, all of that whole sort of production setup going. These days, you could do it with an iPhone and a decent microphone. Well, hell, we're doing it right now on YouTube, right? You know, and or a Zoom call, right? Um, you don't necessarily need that. But what we don't have is a former Sports Illustrated model. We you know. don't have that. And <laughs> in that aspect, we cannot. I'm far from it, Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is going down a bit of a rat hole, but I'm always fascinated by what celebrities – do what, you know, Kathy Ireland's doing this, this half hour infomercial and, you know, uh, William Shatner sells everything. Um,
1: and then yeah, you- like, it, this is why you want to be a celebrity. Cause you could do this kind of stuff. And, and Kathy Ireland, go for it. I think she's even got like blankets at JC Penney's or something too. So like, yes, I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking their, their uh, entrepreneurism or, or them using their celebrity to make some money what I'm knocking is clients saying, you know what, we should do this. I'm like, no, you shouldn't. <laughs>
0: Nobody's going to watch. I mean, there there are some pay to play things like that, that I know are worthwhile. And I'll give you a good example. You know, there are a few companies that do like CES or RSA where they interview companies on the ground, you know, you know, they have, they have a booth, in the booth area or just outside the hallway where they do interviews and they post them online. And you know they do charge, I think a few thousand, a couple thousand, maybe between 2000 to $10,000. But you know the content is going to the right audience and it's, it's being seen multiple places. It's not going on an infomercial at 2 a.m. It's going on YouTube. It's going on this publication's website. You know There are a lot of, a lot of those out there that do that, which I think are really effective. Which is almost in the advertising world. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's advertorial, but, you know, it's effective. We're at an interesting time in the PR industry where, you know, we do consider more more pay-for-play stuff, whereas five years ago, 10 years ago, I was like, hands off. If it's pay-for-play, I'm not touching it. What about you? Are you seeing that?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's more of sponsored content that we're dealing with these days. Um, which is fine. Uh, You know, we want to keep some of these publications (laughs) in business, and if that's how they're doing it, let's do it. There's still plenty of um, traditional free editorial opportunities out there, if you will, Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, those are the ones that I think really do. But, you know, as you know, everybody is a Forbes Tech Council member right now, um, and everybody's paying for that. All right, so so other celebrities that do this, you – I'm I'm sad, Paul. I don't get Kathy Ireland's emails anymore. That's that's too bad. You know, she knew I loved her, but she doesn't love me back. But well, you know who else, you know who loves me? Who Dennis loves Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yes, Quaid. Dennis Quaid. So Dennis Quaid is a movie director, a TV producer, and an award-winning. He's gotten two Golden Globes. He's featured film, he did A Dog's Journey, which is recent. What's
0: the other one he he did? Let's He played, Let's go he back played, he played Bruno Cooper in the right stuff, which I think is one of his best roles.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He was in the Parent Trap uh, with Lindsay Lohan. I think he was he was dad.
0: Andy Gillis Sunday in Great Balls of Fire.
1: Wow, you're going way back. You can put that on there. The Rookie, the Traffic, the Day After Tomorrow. I never watched that one. Um. Anyways, he's he's Dennis Quaid, right? He's, he's dramatic and- for a while. Yeah, the big easy, uh, you said great balls of fire, the right stuff. Yeah, anyways. But you can now be on The Viewpoint hosted by Dennis Quaid.
0: Hello, I'm Dennis Quaid. Not a day goes by that we don't hear about concerns over our national security. Experts in the industry are constantly coming up with new ways to keep Americans safe at home and abroad. Here's one such story.
1: They've been doing this for 18 years. Yeah, it's a production company called Viewpoint, along with Dennis Quaid. They talk about the integrity of each story and educating the audience, right? We want to create a proper creative strategy to have clear and measurable objectives while simultaneously being rooted. In education. So we strive to make meaningful documentaries that inspire audiences to take action. Oh, a little bit different positioning than Miss Kathy Ireland, who's about worldwide business. So each segment with an approach that adds value to our distribution partners and ultimately people's lives.
0: Because this is really what we're all about. People's lives. As long as Feel we it. enrich people's lives. And if, yeah. we, if we can get Dennis Quaid to, to,
1: to show us how to do that. They offer pre-production, production, and post-production and distribution. I don't know what the distribution channels are, um, but when I got pitched on it, it was for a software client. Mm-hmm. You know, They were looking at the future of data storage and processing. My client had nothing to do with data storage and processing. And they offered an informal conversation that should take 15 to 20 minutes determine if your organization's history and mission might be a suitable match for the product. Viewpoint is an educational documentary-style program which runs on public television and is broadcast on commercial news breaks on CNBC, Fox Business, CNN, and Discovery Channel.
0: There we go. I haven't seen Dennis Quaid on any of those. I have not. when When you mentioned the Dennis Quaid email, I'm like, I have not seen Dennis Quaid on any infomercial. I told the client was like, no, didn't want this. I think we, I think we
1: even got one once from David Hasselhoff, but don't quote me on that. I think it might've been William Shatner that did one. Uh, We actually didn't do this. Um, You know, I, I I don't know how much it costs, but um, I'd rather do Kathy Ireland than over Dennis Quaid here, but you know,
0: Here's the thing, if, if and, and I know we said this before, if you've got that kind of money to spend, here's, here's what I would do. I would invest in a video production company, get some decent B-roll, get some footage of your products, your platform, what you do, some shots around the office, just book a producer for the day so you have that video, that those video assets, and you can use them anywhere you can use them you can send them to the bloombergs and the cnbcs so when they run a story on your company they've got that or when you guys want to do your own podcast or you want to do your own webinar you've got decent video to play with so you're generating your own content you're you're putting your own content out there and you're doing it at a fraction of the cost of something like you know the the kathy ireland uh yeah you know where i used to see these paul
1: uh uh on airplanes, yeah. So airplanes used to have when you used to have TVs behind the chair and the little seat, and they would show a little infomercial there. And and then I would, I remember watching them a few times, and it just it felt contrived. Um, ended up watching a movie yeah. instead, but that's the only place I've ever seen them. I haven't seen them anywhere else. And so
0: those are that
1: yeah. that's not a way to work with celebrities. <laughs> <laughs>
0: about them is, and like you said, it's that inauthenticity, I mean, they are very well produced. They're very glossy. You know, they're almost glossy to the point where, you know, it, 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 there's, they don't feel genuine. And that's, you know, that, you know, that's the other problem. You want the things that you're spending your advertising, your marketing, your peer dollars on, you want them to, to have integrity. And yeah,
1: you have to, and it has to be authentic. It doesn't feel that way. You know, you know, the one place that the new way of doing this, and maybe we'll share it around in our, in, in, in our email list is, is uh, uh, cameo. You can hire celebrities on cameo for a lot cheaper and they'll, you know, f- depending on the celebrity uh, they'll give you a 30 second video of some sort and you can hire them and, and whoever they are, it depends on, how much it costs? And I'm just hopping on their website right now, and it is who's on there?
0: Um, you get a, a, a Vander Holyfield for 250 bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know who made a you lot know. Of money on cameo? I read. I read about this a couple of weeks ago. You know who made a ton, like millions, on cameo? You'll never get Who's that? Gilbert who? Godfrey. Oh, Gilbert Godfrey did. Oh, you, he, yeah, you
1: would hire he, that guy to say happy
0: birthday to you how much was that guy charging <laughs> you know yeah, he was charging but man you know i, I read you know, in, you know in his in his, his obit or, or in the days after you know he made multiple million dollars on cameo um, yeah and, and
1: I, I i actually hired a cameo for my wife's birthday i hired a a b-grade reality tv c-grade reality tv show from selling sunset I forget his name right now roman or something like that and he said happy birthday to my wife yeah so i I gave him some stuff it was like a 100 bucks i gave him some stuff about the family and what she's like and he put his hat on sat down in front of some tv and put his iphone in and says hey patricia blah 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 happy happy birthday you got three kids you're the best mom ever you know it was kind of a fun little thing to do you know Uh, there was no way i was hiring an a-lister for her i love my wife but I'm not
0: doing, paying A-list price. If money were no object. And assuming they were on the cameo platform, who is the one celebrity you would want to have wish you a happy birthday?
1: I don't know. I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't
0: know why. Well, Kathy Ireland, I I could, had, is she <laughs>
1: on the platform?
0: <laughs> well, she'd be cheaper than 30000 so yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was
1: one. Uh, there was in, in the software space. They had hired um, uh, David Hasselhoff, Flavor Flav, um, and that lady from uh, Tiger King, uh, the woman in Florida. I forget her name. Oh yeah. And they and they did somebody somebody put together. It was a software company that they had to spell out why Kubernetes, which is you know a way to manage software in the cloud, um, is cool. And uh, Flavor Flav did it and it was hilarious and it went viral. And he said, he said something like cub kubernetes" or something <laughs> like that. And like, and then he was like, yeah, it's, it's diligent or, you know, it's software paradigm thing. And the way that Flavor Flav said, it was hilarious. Um, that's a way to use a celebrity.
0: Who's the most interesting celebrity you ever worked with?
1: You know, interestingly enough, I haven't had that many uh, that I've worked with over the years. I mean, in Hong Kong, um, there was an event with Jackie Chan that we were a part of, but I didn't work with him directly. He was there, we kind of brushed each other along the way in terms of like working, you know, getting the, before he got on stage. Um, I did have to handle, he's not much of a if you're a NASCAR or a race car driver, Bobby Rahal and I were hanging out on a trade show floor in New Orleans once, hanging, you know, trying to get people to sign autographs with him at the National Automobile Dealers Association. I didn't realize how legendary he was, but the client hired him and uh we made him work. <laughs> that was it.
0: <laughs> you I know you got some good ones. I got some good ones. I um recently a couple years back, we had we had a client that had Shaq as a Shaquille O'Neal is a celebrity ambassador. He was. He He needs his own channel. I do. He's hawking everything, dude. (laughs) hawking everything, and then um, of course with Visa, we always had like Olympic athletes, and you know Michael Phelps. We did a few things with over the years. Uh, My favorite was still when I was with Visa. We had uh, we had uh, we did an event with Inexs, and uh, we sponsored one of their concerts in Singapore, and uh, they were just they were fantastic to work with.
1: Yeah, in Asia, you can get to kind of those things, you know. Things are big in Japan, big in Asia. So, good. Well, Paul, th- thank you. This is like the first great episode. I'm glad to have you on here. And this is the thing on the show. We're going to talk a little bit about... Little PR nuggets along the way, and yeah, now well, we know
0: not to use celebrities. <laughs> and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have our own smaller celebrities come on from time to time. Uh, we may have to, we have to, uh, you know, engage with the cameo platform to see what we can bring on. But uh, oh, right, yeah, right, we can get them on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, we're always looking for good folks from the industry who want to talk shop. Um, so you know, check you know, check your local listings for, for how to reach us. But, uh, this is, this has been fun today. I'm looking forward to doing more of these with you, Dave.
1: Good stuff, man. All right, guys. Um, we're out of here. I think we'll do some music on the way out. All right.
0: Thanks, everybody.